You're about to listen to the IC News podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Please don't forget, our show can only succeed with your support. Tell your friends. Share the link around on social media. Leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. And while we have your attention, take a second to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll get a brand new episode each and every Saturday. If you're enjoying the show enough to want to support it, check out the link to our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash I see you stories. For just a pound or so a month, you'll get early access to every episode of the show as soon as it's finished, as well as early access to the Monday stories on the I see you Facebook page. You're listening to I see news, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Keir Starmer misses a key debate over the internal markets bill while self-isolating, only for Ed Miliband to make a shock Royal Rumble return at number 30 before hitting Boris Johnson with an RKO out of nowhere. Jacob Rees-Mogg says people should stop carping on about testing delays and instead praise the government, presumably because his hedge fund has recently made significant investments in a startup producing edible boot polish. As coronavirus cases surge and new local lockdown measures come into play, Priti Patel warns British families not to mingle, unless of course they do it with the Israeli government when they're pretending to be on holiday. And finally, President Trump visits the site of raging California wildfires and says the climate will soon start getting cooler, which to be fair to him is technically inevitable when there's nothing left to burn. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to IC News, the only network that has a bowl of nuts out all year round and not just at Christmas. Why don't you crack into one so that you too can be instantly blinded by the powdery walnut mould of our delicious news? Here on the programme, we've got reporters and stories from all over the multiverse to dazzle, inform and distract you. Can't get a Covid test? Well, stop carping on about it and sit down with this podcast instead. You're free to mingle the family unit of your ears with our 20 minutes of talking, safe in the knowledge that you're only experiencing a completely needless delay before finally getting your hands on about three minutes' worth of jokes. Speaking of passing off pathetic jokes as if they're any kind of achievement, here on Earth Prime, the National Coronavirus Testing Programme has been all over the TV this week. Like a family living on benefits in a Channel 4 documentary, though, it wasn't for the right reasons. Turns out that lots of us are now desperate to awkwardly reverse park in front of several dozen soldiers before deep-throating ourselves with a plastic stick, and it's a demand that the system is currently very much failing to meet. With the latest on the ongoing testing crisis, we now go to Danny Sutcliffe, who's been trying to get to the heart of the problem. Hi Sam, you're absolutely correct, and that's definitely exactly what I've been doing. Danny, what was that? Car backfiring, mate. Right. Well, perhaps you can start by explaining the situation for everyone at home. I'd be happy to, pal. Basically, reopening schools and pushing everybody back to work has had a drastic knock-on effect on the number of people trying to book coronavirus tests. 
While the UK's capacity for testing remains high, the labs can't currently process this increase fast enough, creating bottlenecks that are throttling the system. As a result, lots of Brits now can't book a test when they need one, and it doesn't look like it's a problem that's going to get fixed anytime soon. Hang on, I thought Matt Hancock said the problem could be solved in a matter of weeks. Yeah, he did. And that's exactly how the BBC reported it. But we're not talking about coastal erosion on the Isle of fucking White, are we? The worst case scenario isn't another chunk of black gang chine falling into the sea. It's a bit more urgent than that. We're talking about a pandemic and a rate of infection that's currently back on the rise. So, I'll tell you what, let's do a little role play. You ask me a hardball question about testing, and I'll be Matt Hancock. Now, all I'm going to do is rephrase his answer. All right? Well, all right. Health Secretary, there are currently huge problems with the national testing programme. When will this situation be fixed? Oh, we're fucking weeks off sorting that, mate. <laughs> you get me point? Yeah, actually, I do. You can minimise anything by adding a manner of to it. Our testing problems will be fixed in a manner of weeks. I'll be able to pass that breathalyzer I just failed in a manner of hours. I only shouted the N-word in a post office in a manner of speaking. That's a very specific example, Danny. I was listening to Wu-Tang and I got excited, alright? Don't you fucking judge me. Let's just try and keep on track for once, shall we? Why didn't the government see this coming and plan accordingly? Well, let's just be honest with ourselves for a second, Sam. Put yourself in the government's shoes a few weeks back. Soon, you're going to be telling everyone to go back to work. On top of that, schools are going to be reopening and any child with a cough or fever is going to be sent home and told to self-isolate and get tested. That's going to have an immediate knock-on effect for everyone's work responsibilities and childcare situations and that effect can only be fixed with negative tests that allow them to leave their period of self-isolation. Now, do you really think Hand on heart, understanding all that, that you could have predicted a sudden strain on the national testing system. Yes, Danny. Yes, I fucking do. Yeah, me too. It's a bit of a fucking joke that they didn't, to be honest. Danny. Yes, pal? You're meant to be on site at one of the lighthouse laboratories for this report. But you're not, are you? No, pal. You're on a duck shoot, aren't you? I am, yeah. Me mate Gary needed a loophole for his stag do. If it's any consolation, this is well within the rule of six. And I'm only a bit drunk, so in a way, this is all very professional. Yeah, that's probably about as professional as you get. Maybe we should just leave it there. Hang on a sec, pal! Holy shit, did you just shoot a man? Uh, no, I missed a duck. By a manner of inches. Jesus Christ, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I should, uh... I should probably like it, mate. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and this shotgun really pulls to the left. Reporting for IC News. <laughs> 
With the virus now once again spreading across several regions of the country, the government is now pulling new local lockdowns out of its sleeve like a shit magician with a string of hankies. Just like with that trick, the sleight of hand isn't really doing very much to conceal just how bad they are at their job. New restrictions are now in place across much of the north and parts of the Midlands, including curfews and early pub closures, presumably because without further financial support, pubs need the practice before closing prematurely on a permanent basis. Britain remains an outlier in its refusal to extend its furlough scheme any further. The government is apparently still desperate to poke as many people back into the workplace as possible with one hand. With the other, they're awkwardly trying to block their ears as businesses nationwide scream about imminent and widespread job losses. As the R rate hovers anywhere between oh fuck and Jesus Christ we've bollocksed it, this week Home Secretary and hateful menagerie of right angles Pretty Patel warned families not to mingle if they passed each other in the street. Clearly, social distancing is still key to the government's COVID-19 strategy, but just how effective are their new COVID marshals likely to be in enforcing it, and what sort of people will be taking that job in the first place? Here at IC News, we've got in on that story on the ground floor, with our newest correspondent, everyday average woman with a heart of gold, Jade Fernley. Everybody, I'm Jade Fernley, proud Yorkshire lass, hard-working mother of three and enthusiastic member of several online pyramid schemes. I'm a firm believer in people coming together, community spirit, national unity and living, laughing, loving which is why I jumped at the chance to pitch in and do my bit to help us all get through this rotten, bloody pandemic. Now you'll have heard an awful lot of stuff on social media about these new Covid marshals. And it's all been a bit much, really. All this talk of brown shirts and angry little people on power trips. (laughs) Well, I'm here to put some of those fears to bed. I didn't sign up for this job to get people in trouble. I signed up for it because I'm a people person and I just love being out and about in the community. Also because my job no longer exists because as soon as that furlough scheme started winding down, my employer were like a whip it out of a trap in their rush to get rid of me. Uh, Billy Williams, you get that mask on before you go into shop, you little bollocks. I know your mother, don't you forget? See, it's not about power, this job. It's about helping people. Even in the months before I got my high-vis jacket, my bright, shiny jacket, precious. I tried to do my bit to help out, mainly by tutting loudly at people at the supermarket who were going the wrong way. And I took secret photos of people wearing masks wrong and I put them on Facebook. But you know, not in a sanctimonious, judgy way. Just helping out, like. And I reported any business that I felt weren't following the COVID secure guidelines because I'm community-minded. Just looking out for our old people. 
if it later turned out that those businesses were owned by people that I've got a personal reason to dislike, that were purely coincidental. <laughs> I don't hold four-year grudges over short-change incidents, no. That would be petty and vindictive of me. And if Tarek says otherwise, he's full of shit. I'm not that sort of person. I do it because I'm helping. It's all out of the goodness of my heart. I didn't do the food runs for people's shield in mind. That sounded like a right ball ache. Ladies, back the fuck up from that pram and stop pissing mingling, or I swear to God you'll feel my foot up your ass. I don't care if you've never met your niece before. Do you see this fucking jacket? Move along. Now I know what you're thinking. That there's something totalitarian and morally depraved about a government that wants to turn us all into informants. That it's unnatural and unpleasant to look at your neighbour and immediately assume the worst without ever cutting them the slightest bit of slack. But this isn't about using tip lines to settle old grudges about dog dirt on the pavement. No matter what Brenda next door tries to say. She were entertaining three grandchildren on that bouncy castle, two socially distanced adults sat apart in the garden, and with that little shit factory of a dog, that's seven. And in my book, that makes her worse than Hitler. Reporting her was not payback for that time her husband died and the ambulance blocked me in. It was for her own good. I were keeping her safe. I'm a good neighbour like that. Billy fucking Williams, that is a group of six you're looking at. Don't even think about crossing the street to join them or I will whip off your head and I'll shit down your neck. Don't you pull that face at me. I don't care if you're only seven. Look, I know what you're thinking. That power corrupts. And only busybodies and snitches would even want to go for a job like this. That it's a huge waste of council money, particularly when the government haven't offered any extra funding or clarity on how we're even supposed to operate. But sometimes, you just need a little authority to keep order. You need people with cool heads. You can handle frustrating interactions with the public without losing their temper. That's what my Barry always used to say when he were a bouncer. Before that teenager curb stomped himself outside flares and he ended up in prison for it. All I ask is that you give us a chance. There's nothing dystopian or horrifying about a high-vis jacket. <laughs> My jackets, we love it. We're just your friendly neighbourhood Covid marshals. We're here to help, remember? Ladies, I've already fucking told you once! Step away from that baby or I'll come over there and I'll swing that pram around your fucking heads like it's a medieval fucking weapon! This is my patch! You will respect the vest! Oh, see? Now everybody's properly distanced and free to go about their afternoon. All in a day's work, really. I'm Jade Fernley, and I'm just a normal, everyday person doing my bit. Reporting for IC News.
from the pandemic, we now steer sharply into Brexit, because those are now the only two stories that exist, and we all must repeat them over and over until we learn how to play piano well enough to con Andy McDowell into falling in love with us. The political row over the controversial internal markets bill continued to rumble on this week, with the government passing the vote on its initial reading, and then seeking to find a compromise with the rebels on its own back benches. This depressing circus also served up some distinctly amusing bread on Monday night, as Ed Miliband visibly relished in infuriating Boris Johnson, and once again displayed just how very few fucks he has left to give now he's no longer Labour leader. It's a diplomatic mess with the tits that just won't quit, even if the entire country is now so utterly fatigued by Brexit that most of us at this point would welcome the sweet embrace of death. Death is all too familiar a concept for our latest incarnation of Rob Mulholland, as he's now watched 17 versions of himself from across the multiverse die in service to us here at the network. We go to him now for a fresh outside perspective on the latest Brexit developments. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Captain's Log. Stardate, well, it's September 16th. I hope this transmission gets back to you on Earth Prime in time for Saturday's show. Uh, If it doesn't, there's fuck all I can do about it, because I'm on Vodafone. Hello everyone, I'm Rob18, and you're probably wondering where I am. I'm currently around 142 million kilometres from Earth, rapidly approaching the orbit of Venus in a spacecraft I've commandeered from my own world. We're a bit ahead of you technologically, I'm afraid. Back in my dimension, we didn't chemically castrate Alan Turing, and as it turned out, he had a few more sums left in him. Life support systems at 15%. Yes, I know, stop nagging. You're probably wondering why I'm out here, and what this little journey into space has to do with Brexit. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. It's got fuck all to do with Brexit. I don't care about Brexit anymore. I've only lived in this reality for a couple of years, and I'm already fucking sick of it. I'm not a Leaver or a Remainer. I've got no stake in this. I'm just bored, and for the life of me, I can't figure out how any of you people are still managing to find new Brexit crap to argue about. How many pissing times are you going to have elections on the back of it? How many times are politicians who insist they've cracked the whole problem going to turn around and change their mind about the very solutions they created? How many times are you going to back idiots whose rhetoric clearly has no basis in the reality of the situation? Oh, and where the fuck was this Ed Miliband a few years ago? On Monday night, he chewed Boris Johnson to pieces. I swear it was only ten minutes ago, he couldn't even manage a bacon sandwich. I just don't get how you're still expending so much national energy on this never-ending clusterfuck. You voted in a man who's been sacked twice for lying. A man who's never rubbed up against a single law or custody agreement he's felt applied to him. A man who cares about details about as much as he cares about his own kids. Now you're surprised when it turns out he's a dishonest sack of shit who wants to weasel his way out of his own agreement and drag your international reputation through the mud. 
Honestly, it does my head in. Brexit this, Brexit that, every day of my life. I was almost grateful for the pandemic, just because it finally meant you were talking about something, anything else. All that solidarity and national unity. I thought maybe you might be able to get back to Brexit when the time came without immediately falling to shit again. Well, no such fucking luck. You voted for an oven-ready deal that Boris has now decided was actually still shitting in a field when he finished negotiating it, and now he wants to slaughter it and carve it up all over again. We're back to square one and the squabbling is louder than ever. Life support systems at 10%. Well, I'm not having it. I'm not getting dragged back into the tar pit. I've had enough of misery, despair, and tedious political posturing. There's got to be something better out there. There's got to be something more. I refuse to be just another casualty in the Brexit media bonfire, tearing what little hair I have left out out of sheer frustration. I can do more. I can do better, which is why I'm out here in the depths of space. Earlier this week, the media was ablaze with speculation after phosphine was detected in the upper atmosphere of Venus. If you've ever smelt a swamp rotting or driven past Luton, you'll recognise the stench. It's a gas that's traditionally a foul-smelling, fetid byproduct of organic processes, meaning there may very well be some primitive form of alien life lurking here. Something on this planet is spewing out toxic filth. Proving that we're not alone in the universe would be the single greatest achievement of any journalist in the history of Earth Prime. I've only got enough oxygen for a one-way trip. If I can cement my legacy and get the fuck away from Brexit at the same time, it'll all have been worth it. Life support systems at 5%. <sighs> That's it now. We're in range. Unfolding the sensor array. Aligning the microphones, and... We always knew in the EU were a bunch of power-mad dictators, so they're only behaving as expected. They want to have a say in how Britain is acting in Oh, for fuck's sake! It's a sentient have-your-say-comment section. No wonder it fucking stinks. Life support systems at 3%. Oh, calm down, Hal. At this point, I welcome death. <sighs> I'm Rob18, about to do his best impression of Like of the Dog, reporting for IC News. It's faded dreams of empire, Jim, but not as we know it. Rob's untimely death brings us to the end of our scheduled broadcast. We leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. Bahrain and the UAE sign a deal brokered by the Trump administration normalising their relations with Israel, proving that Benjamin Netanyahu is actually perfectly capable of being reasonable if you just give him everything he wants and conveniently forget about war crimes, human rights and every Palestinian. Amal Clooney becomes the latest high-profile legal figure to resign in protest over the Internal Markets Bill, meaning that journalists everywhere will once again have to find needless excuses to point out who her husband is when covering the story. 
ONS data suggests that nearly two-thirds of British adults are now back in the workplace, while the other third presumably no longer have a workplace to go back to. And finally, Barbados are to remove the Queen as their head of state, so you should definitely go and ask your racist grandad how he feels about them finally getting their country back. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support can we reach more people and build a larger audience. Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description, so if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours.